Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Personalization Outbreak Podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the importance of community outreach programs and how City of Hope is leading the way with their innovative initiatives in support of diverse patient populations. Now, a lot of people don't really understand what community outreach programs are and why they're so important. But our guest today is going to break it down for you in an easy way that's simple to understand. See, City of Hope is one of the leaders in this field, and they're doing some amazing work that I think everyone will benefit from. Now, our guest today is Angela Talton. She's the Senior Vice President and Chief Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Officer at City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute designated Comprehensive Cancer Center that's been ranked amongst the nation's best hospitals in cancer by U.S. News and World Report for over a decade. Now, together, we're going to talk about City of Hope's unique approach to diversity, equity, and inclusion, and how they're ahead of the curve when it comes to implementing these practices. Now, before we get started, please click the like button below, share it with your colleagues, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and social media at Glenn Yopis. Let's get started. In today's rapidly changing world, it's more difficult than ever for organizations to keep up. That's why I'm excited to invite you to the Navigating Uncertainty Summit on October 14th at Clemson University. You'll learn from the most innovative thinkers in a day of inspiration and make cross-industry connections that will help you adapt to the modern world. Register now at 2022summit.ageofpersonalization.com. The 2022 season of Personalization Outbreak Podcast is brought to you by City of Hope, a world leader in the research and treatment of cancer, diabetes, and other life-threatening diseases. City of Hope has been ranked among the nation's best hospitals in cancer by U.S. News and World Report for over a decade. Learn more about City of Hope at cityofhope.org. You are listening to Personalization Outbreak, a podcast about the collapse of traditional corporate standards in today's more personalized world. I'm Glenn Yopis. I'm a leadership strategist, author, contributor to Forbes, and founder of the Leadership in the Age of Personalization movement. On this show, I'm interviewing executives across multiple sectors to find out how the balance between standardization and personalization can exist. Welcome to the show, Angela. Great to have you. Glenn, thank you so much for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you and I appreciate the work you're doing at City of Hope. In fact, uh, we're very grateful that City of Hope has served as our sponsor of Personalization Outbreak Podcast. Uh, Angela, perhaps you can talk a little bit about what City of Hope does and its impact in today's world of fighting cancer. Thank you so much, Glenn. City of Hope is an independent biomedical research treatment center for cancer. We are one of only 52 uh, NCI, National Cancer Institute, designated comprehensive cancer centers in the U.S. and actually the number one bone marrow transplant provider in the nation. Well, look, uh, if there's any institution 
that has made a concerted effort to be very strategic and intentional of transforming the fight against cancer. It's been City of Hope. And I'm proud uh, to have an opportunity to talk to you today. In fact, I'm really interested you know, in this work of diversity, equity, and inclusion that you do. I mean, this is a topic that everyone's talking about. And as we're starting to see the, the rise of incidences of chronic disease and others, um, the role that di diversity, equity, and inclusion plays in healthcare is rapidly evolving. What is it that gives your approach to DEI distinction, Angela? And how does this give City of Hope a competitive advantage? Glenn, I, I'll tell you, um, my background is operations. Now, I've been in DEI for uh, 10 years, but the bulk of my background came from working with large call centers, large groups of people. And so I, I really was afforded the opportunity to, to learn about people, to, to understand how to make their work life enjoyable, to understand the different challenges that comes along with diversity in some cases. So, you know, understanding challenges around accessibility, understanding challenges around childcare, or, you know, the need to be seen as valuable to an organization, or um, seeing language as a bridge to mm. providing quality customer service rather than a barrier. And so I've always said that, you know, the value of diversity is that, that, that need to be not just counted as a seat at the table, but actually to have a voice and make sure that that voice is being heard. So, so if I take that to City of Hope, you start thinking about understanding that cancer is not one disease. It's hundreds and that every tumor can be different and will affect that patient and their community in unique ways. And, and that's one of the main reasons that I chose City of Hope. And I said yes and accepted their offer is just their desire to get to that DNA level of seeking a cure for cancer, um, understanding genomic research, that ability to detect that unique thumbprint um, that's needed to find what's the right treatment, what's the right cure for that particular patient. Well, it's exciting times, isn't it? I mean, given what we're all going through in society, it's great that City of Hope has a, a focus on humanity and recognizing uh, the need to get to see and know uh, cancer patients as individuals and do what's best for them in that particular moment in time. And that leads me to what is it about your diversity, equity, and inclusion strategy that's contributing to the democratization of cancer care? Perhaps you can share some internal and external efforts, Angela. Thanks, Glenn. Um, so, so let's start with the strategy in and of itself. It's a holistic strategy. We are looking at the staff. We're looking at faculty, our grad students. We, we have a grad school at uh, City of Hope. We are looking at the patient, their families and caregivers, as well as the community at large. So, you know, when I think about our goal of really maintaining and making sustainable impact, then we have to first build ownership and accountability, right? 
particularly at the leadership level. And we've been working to invest in training and development, but this isn't just classroom training. We are partnering with a vendor who's helping us to provide scenario-based, very interactive, situational, um, inclusive type training. And we're also focused on communications, right? Because with all things, in order to maintain that sustainability, we have to talk about what we're doing around diversity, equity, and inclusion. And it has to come from other people than just your chief diversity officer, right? right? Our leaders throughout the enterprise focusing on sharing their personal commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion. You know what, Angela, before you continue, I'm curious, because I know that our, our listeners want to understand this more. And you mentioned it. How do you get people excited about diversity, equity, and inclusion? So, Glenn, I, I, I work to meet people where they are and to help bring them along. So, so let's, let's think about this scenario-based training. Actually demonstrating examples of how this plays out in the laboratory or how does this play out with a patient who's checking in and their family's asking lots and lots of questions about the, the care. We, we have to understand that those questions don't come from a place of, I'm questioning your expertise. They come from a place of, there are lots of different decision makers within some of the family makeup. And, just understanding those different cultural sensitivities and nuances, it's, it's just really important. Um, helping our staff internally see themselves in these scenarios and giving them um, a little bit of assistance around what actions and behaviors do I need to change so that I can demonstrate a more consciously inclusive way of engaging with the staff or the patients or their caregivers. Well, you just said the magic two words, behavior change. Yes. How do we get people to change their mindset around just how important this work is? That, that's truly the key, right, Glenn? You know, at the end of the day, it's we can have classroom training, which there's nothing wrong with extending our understanding of things like unconscious bias. But what people are really looking for are the tools and techniques. What are the actions and behaviors that I need to demonstrate? What is going to impact my team, my coworker? How do I help them understand this focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion? I love it. Sorry to disrupt the flow here, Angela. Why don't you share some external things that are, are part of your strategy? Absolutely. So um, one program that we have that I just love, I, I have a love of STEM, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, and it's called the Youth Enjoy Science, Yes to Success program. And it's funded by NCI, the National Cancer uh, Institute. And it's an opportunity to provide research, education, and training to grade school students. So um, it's, it's not only designed to bring them into that cancer research laboratory and experience that opportunity, but they're doing that with faculty 
who looks like them. So these sixth through 12th graders get that opportunity. Um, the other thing that we're doing is um, our work in the community is generally informed by the um, Cancer Center Community Outreach and Engagement Program. So, um, and we have an advisory board that works with them. So this board, they, they really help us collaborate around scientific, uh, clinical, community outreach that matters to the community. So instead of us deciding what's needed, this advisory board helps to show us, here's what this community needs, whether it's screenings or more information and dialogue, or just getting to know some of our clinicians. Um, and there's just a sincere commitment there to serving the needs of the community and ensuring that every person, regardless of race, uh, socioeconomic status or insurance provider, they have access to leading cancer care. That's our goal. I love that, Angela. Here's a little surprise for you, Angela. About six years ago, I went through that STEM program with a group of kids from Duarte High School. Oh, awesome. Or, or excuse me, Duarte Unified School District. And to see those kids' eyes light up, to give them the hope that they could be a physician, a caregiver, yes. they could be the future scientist that discovers a cure yes. for cancer care, just blew my mind away. And as you know, with the shifting demographics, for those kids to believe that they can be part of the future of technological and treatment advancements, uh, it was so powerful and inspiring. So uh, as someone who sat right next to these kids, it was a, just, just a great thing to go through, especially as you know, Angela, I mean, the challenge here, just so our audience gets a sense of this, is as Diverse populations are increasing. For example, Hispanics, we're seeing actually a decline in physicians. Yes. This just can't continue. And as you pointed out, we have to start this process earlier uh, so that we can break cycles and get, get us back on the right track. So anyway, I thought I'd throw that on you because uh, as you were talking, you took me back quite a few years. And it's a great program. And congratulations on the advancement City of Hope has taken in that program. But well, what thank I you. I do, Glenn, just super quick. I do yeah. want to make that point again about how important it is for these students to see people that look like them. And so, of course, right, part of our diversity programming is focusing in on the diversity of our staff, the diversity of our researchers, the diversity of our clinicians, and, and creating new programming around that engaging with um, HBCUs and MSIs, right? Yes. So that we can find that diverse population and make sure they know City of Hope and they know our commitment to cancer care. It's, it's just so incredibly important. Well, I know a little bit later, I think you're going to get talk about how City of Hope has expanded its national footprint yes. with the recent acquisition. But before we go there, Angela, Let's break this down just a little bit more. What does democratization of cancer care mean? And what are some of the barriers for scaling that approach? Thank you, Glenn. So um, 
I, I just think this term really brings to life this literal gap that City of Hope sees uh, between cancer innovation that's taking place right now today and people who don't have access to it. Um, you know, we talk about just some of the health disparities and certainly with COVID that really came to life and, you know, people began really talking about this. But Glenn, I thought today maybe I could share with your audience just a few stats on when we talk about health disparities, what's actually happening today. So, so I'm just going to share a few. Shoot, of these please, things. this is important. Thank you. So African-American men are dying from prostate cancer at a rate of about 111% higher than their white camp counterparts. African-American women are dying at a 39% higher rate from breast cancer. Um, Hispanic women are experiencing stomach cancer incidents and death rates that are more than twice as high as white women. And, you know, despite some of the highest rates of medical enrollment, about 30% of African-American and Hispanic Latinx patients report that the quality of care that's accessible in their area, so where they live, that's the barrier to them seeking treatment. And so with that being the case, when patients are able to be diagnosed and seen for breast, colon, lung, rectal cancers, yeah. more than likely what we're finding is they're at advanced stages of the disease and have a less favorable five-year survival rate. And so, Glenn, one of the things that City of Hope is doing is trying to partner, and, and we've uh, we, we're leading this coalition, and it's called the Cancer Care is Different campaign. And what we're trying to do is really make um, legislative change and show that, you know, it is unfair to relegate where Medicare patients can receive tra treatment from. They are not having access to these NCI-designated cancer centers like City of Hope. And we're trying to change the law. And really, um, we're starting in our home state of California, but ultimately, we think this could be a blueprint for other states and even, you know, might be applicable to President Biden's cancer moonshot goal. This is inspiring, um, what you just said. But what you mentioned about the Black and Brown populations, Hispanics and African Americans, that's devastating. What do you think that healthcare providers must do now to increase their readiness to serve these populations? I mean, what what, what do you see, especially through a DE&I perspective? Because we can't lose sight that it's DE&I that's giving rise to the awareness of these disparities. Right, right. So, 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 Glenn, I go back to just cultivating a culture where mm. diversity, equity, and inclusion is important. And um, at City of Hope, we literally have a mission. Our DEI mission is to infuse DEI into the DNA at City of Hope. So that means throughout all of City yeah. of Hope, right? And so really connecting the dots around this health 
disparity issue and what can we do at City of Hope to make a change, but also seeing that from that staff level, from the faculty level, from our patient and caregiver, because this is as important as listening to an innovative idea that's coming from the researcher that's in the lab next to you as it is what's happening with that patient in the hospital, right? Whether it's internal with our staff or it's, you know, sort of external with that patient and their family, we all have to change our, I I keep going back to changing our actions and behaviors and becoming more consciously inclusive and understanding that this precision medicine, this focus on that unique DNA of the patient that comes from all sorts of issues from the socioeconomic status, from housing insecurity to actually getting care, that, that's a big problem. And when we're able to connect all of those yeah. dots for our staff, we really see the importance of diversity, equity, and inclusion at City of Hope. Well, and this is goes back to the age of personalization, doesn't it? I mean, it if we can't operationalize and see the value of the thousands of touch points DE and I has across an enterprise, and let's let's make sure that our audience understands this. And you've said it, but I want to overemphasize it. Imagine that you're not just going to a hospital; you're going to an institution that has that focuses on academics, meaning as you mentioned, a graduate school on campus to breed future scientists, researchers, physicians. Then you have a research center. I mean, City of Hope discovered insulin, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, the advancements in just what happens in the lab is enormous. And why don't you tell us a little bit, a little bit from, uh, from bench to bed? Or maybe if I got that wrong, you could help me. No, I, I, I love that. Thank you. So, you know, the fact that we are researching um, at that genomic level, researching the DNA of our patients and trying to identify a cure, a treatment plan for that particular patient's tumor, that is key. So we, we also are offering genetic sequencing testing for every single patient who is treated in our facility. And this sequencing is providing our oncologists with personalized data to inform that patient-specific treatment plan. And the fact that we do that at City of Hope, you know, we've basically been able to standardize and expand the use of precision medicine. Um, And not just at the hospital in Duarte, but also at the 35 community practice sites that we have at City of Hope. It's inspiring. And notice what Angela said. They've standardized personalization. Yes. Remember that. The standardized personalization. So as, as we get close to wrapping up here, uh, tell us a little bit about this acquisition that now gives City of Hope a national footprint in the fight against cancer. And, and how does that national footprint help you accelerate DE and the DE&I strategy at City of Hope? Thank you, Glenn. So, so when I think about democratizing cancer care, um, We're also working on doing that internally too, right? So our growth agenda 
um, happens through partnership as well as some of the acquisitions and growth that we're doing internally. So in February, City of Hope completed the acquisition of Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And that is really transforming our organization into um, one of the largest national cancer care organizations in the country. And so this combined organization, it now serves about 115,000 patients every year with a team of more than 11,000 uh, team members. And we're in California, Arizona, Illinois, and Georgia. Um, but Glenn, I'd also say that in July, we opened, City of Hope Orange County opened the Lennar Foundation Cancer Center, and that features some of the latest and most comprehensive uh, technology around screening and making proper diagnosis and um, treatment. Again, that, with that focus on precision medicine, and we're, we're doing some things through our Access Hope arm where we're leveraging telehealth and providing expertise and assistance to about 75 different employers. And we're serving about 3.3 million members of, again, providing that best-in-class care. But it's that Cancer Care is Different campaign, that, that partnership where, again, we're looking to change legislation. And, and provide that specialized care to save lives, given those stats that I shared earlier. Angela, it's been a pleasure. I mean, this is such inspiring work that you're doing. And, you know, when we uh, get you back on here in the next couple of years, I can't wait to hear the success stories that you have to share because uh, City of Hope has really prepared itself in advance for what's coming. And I've often said that we have to get out in front of change before circumstances force their hand. And the institution has certainly done that. And you're bringing a tremendous amount of value in accomplishing that goal. So congratulations to you. And I'd love to just give you the floor if you have one more you know, closing comment. Thank you, Glenn. It, it's been wonderful talking to you as well and, and to your listening audience. This is, this is a wonderful opportunity. Um, what I'd like to leave you with is uh, what diversity, equity, and inclusion means to City of Hope. So um, diversity is understanding that cancer is not one disease, but hundreds, and it affects different populations in different ways. And so no one-size-fits-all approach to preventing, treating, and curing cancer is going to work, and we understand that. Um, equity that is important to us because we are committed to advancing that equity for all patients, not just those seeking care at our centers either. We're very focused and engaged in advocacy efforts to support um, affordable and accessible cancer care for all. And then finally, that, that inclusion piece, that's, that's that bench-to-bedside approach that we have for patient care and for expanding our national footprint that will allow that access to care, that will help those um, underserved populations really have the benefit of the advancements and innovations around cancer care. That's our goal, to continue to focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Thank you very much, Angela. Really appreciate you being on the show today. And as we 
Leave every show. When you lead in the age of personalization, you will see things that others don't. Do what others won't and keep pushing when prudence says quit. Thank you very much, Angela. Really appreciate it. Have a great day. You too. Thanks for listening to Personalization Outbreak. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. If you enjoyed the content, visit ageofpersonalization.com to check out our free streaming video series and learn how to get involved in the movement. I'm Glenn Yopis. I wish you a good day. And remember, without strategy, change is merely substitution, not evolution. Learn more about City of Hope at cityofhope.org.